0: And we are live. It's up with the white and gold. With he's GT John Watts. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. We're both from Impact Media. We're here to teach you all the things you need to know about the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets and why they are going to win the national title this year. Isn't that right, John? Yeah, of course. That's a great thing to <laughs> But no, this is our, one of our new shows from Impact Media. Where uh, we're going to te- talk about all things Georgia Tech football. Um, I enjoy the media thing- side of things. Uh, he knows all things Georgia Tech. Uh, I know a lot of people that have went to Georgia Tech, but uh, John here actually somewhat graduated from there. Uh, well, I guess if you were there that day, you, you weren't quite so sure. But I have seen the-, the physical proof on the wall. You did graduate from Georgia Tech, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I got the diploma. I mean, because they didn't say my name, doesn't mean. I got that as fun. I mean, I spent those
0: hard four years there. do yeah. pay for that. Exactly. Well, my connection to Georgia Tech is uh, being best friends with this guy and a lot of other people. I uh, had, had a lot of friends and family go there. But tell everybody about how you got into being a Georgia Tech fan. Oh, um, I kind was of going
1: through um, high school. I kind of applied for a couple of colleges. Um, when kind of growing up, I had been a, an FSU fan, but, you know, I was at colleges, and I applied to, you know, that other school in the state, um, and, of course, got in, but then I really wanted to get into uh, Georgia Tech, and I applied that um, in October, a few year of high school, and then ended up getting in in March, uh, so... Went ahead and uh, went in there, um, you know, studied there. So, you no, know, it's my alma mater. So, of course, I'm gonna root for the school I went to. So, you know, so from 2002 to 2006, you know, I was there, rooting on people like Calvin Johnson. Um, some people, I mean, Joseph on, a lot, on a lot heat, but, you know, some people know him as Roman Reigns in the WWE. Uh, and Chris Bosch, you know, in basketball. So I missed a few people that you know were there, so a lot of great uh, athletes there, you know, that went on to have great career good to be root for. So, you know, it was
0: a great great four years there. Oh yeah, it was it was definitely a good time to be there. I mean that as you said, uh, Joseph uh and a wire, however, I've never been able to say their name. But uh, long before people acknowledged him, he he was actually a pretty decent linebacker. Yeah, yeah
1: definitely. I mean, he's he's definitely a built athlete guy. Um, it was good things, so, though I mean, I can see why he went on to have a great career. WWE.
0: That he uh, he definitely has, but. We're going to start tonight by talking a little bit about last year and kind of catch a lot of people up. A lot of people are unaware that uh, even though the Jackets finished 3-9, and nine, which is not good, not good at all. There's just no better way to put that. Um, there were some positives from this team going forward. I mean, Jeff Collins is still the coach. Uh, I guess I could pose that question first. Uh, I, I'll kind of weigh in after you do. Uh, What are your thoughts of Jeff Collins as the coach, and is he the right coach for this team right now?
1: I think, I mean, he comes
0: in, uh, you know, definitely with an attitude of
1: the culture here and what we're wanting to do. Um, So, as a team, as a a school, as a city, I think, I mean, he definitely has some right ideas on uh, where he wants to lead it. Um, It's just kind of having to... The weather the storm, right? um, depending on how long that might take. Um, as you mentioned, you know, we were three and nine. We've been three and nine the last three years um, since he's been here. Been um, a lot of things have changed over the years, I mean, going from you know, the spread offense that um, Paul Johnson had to I mean, having to bring in someone new and try to change things and see where we are. It, it's kind of hard to do that, but. Well, like I said, no, definitely some positives in the area. But I think, I mean, like I said, it's only been about three years, so I think if we can stick behind them and not give up yet, it's still kind of wet, like I said,
0: the storm. We can kind of it Yeah, I would agree with that. And I hate putting a number on it, but do you, do you think maybe the number is, is- – maybe six or seven wins this year for him to maybe continue to be the coach. I mean, I would argue anytime a new coach takes over, it takes you two to three years to kind of flush out the old system and, and those players and graduate them and the ones that transfer and kind of bring in and start recruiting your type players. Uh, do you feel like he's, he's bringing in his type of players and, and do you think it's six or seven wins or is it got to be more than that?
1: I think, I mean – what we've seen, I mean, six to seven wins, so I mean, there would be a good starting point for to do that. Um, I mean, we have kind of consistency with that kind of that year after year in the past. So, I mean, definitely, I mean, we want to get back to what we were used to be, you know, the National Championship. But, I mean, things are a bit different than, you know, the days of John Heisman and, um, those kind of areas William those kind of people but I mean yeah definitely seven, seven, six, seven win seasons would I mean, definitely be an improvement I mean six wins doubles what we had last three years um, that was that definitely a, a starting point and if we can kind of keep it there not like go back to the three win seasons you know I think they were good um, kind of build kind
0: of on that and see where it can go. Yep, yeah, and, and Tech fans, trust me, we are going to uh, – I wouldn't even say spin it positive because we're not going to spin things here. We're going to tell you about the positives. And one of the positive things going forward, uh, you got Jeff Sims as the quarterback. I believe he is returning. He threw for uh, almost 1,500 yards, had the 12 touchdowns, ended up with seven interceptions, but, um, you know, kind of in this system – uh, you know, maybe some of those wide receivers weren't quite the ones you needed in those positions. I'll give him some of those back. But, you know, in seven seven games the starter, I believe, uh, he actually even ran for four touchdowns, had about 70 carries, and about 372 yards. So, he had almost 2,000 yards between his arm and his legs. Uh, is he the guy going forward, or do you think maybe they try to give somebody else a shot? Um,
1: well, I have seen uh, Jeff Collins' list um Right now we're sitting with three quarterbacks, uh, two of them are red shirts so Jeff is, is the guy um he's a sophomore, so I mean he still has a good several of years of eligibility if he wants to stay I know but right now he is our he is our guy, so I think we can stand behind him and like I said, Andy already i mean he was third on the depth chart for rushing um behind you know Tamir Gibbs and Jordan Mason but um, I think yeah he's definitely good for the system so I think I now
0: he's what we got and we can get behind it well and usually a young quarterback you you need a, a good tight end or wide receiver and you need a good run game behind you we can get in the offensive line later but uh, you mentioned Jameer Gibbs who had 143 carries 746 yards four touchdowns but in the off season, he took a slight detour to Tuscaloosa, and he now wears the Crimson. So is it Mason who is going to step up and be that number one, or do they have anybody else in the depth chart for the running backs?
1: Uh, well, Mason um, decided to go pro, um, so oh. we don't have him. Um, for running back, we have a couple of Racer Juniors, uh, Dante Smith and Dillinger Duffy. Um, but we did pick up a transfer from Louisville, uh, Hassan Hall. So he has his last year of eligibility for us. So, I mean, he's looking like he'll be our primary back. Um And so he'll be doubling as uh, running back, and he'll also be uh, looking at doing some kickoff returns.
0: That could be good because uh, special teams has is, is not been a, a real strong point for uh, Tech or Georgia State. As, as we can both attest to that. Um, it seems like they, they, they have a little bit of depth there. Um, obviously, Malachi Carter was the top wide receiver. Uh, he ended up with a couple of touchdowns, 489 yards. That's not bad for college, but you, you would think that those numbers would be a little higher. But it seems like Georgia Tech kind of spreads the ball out. Who, what wideouts or tight ends do they have here that could hopefully help Jeff Sims develop?
1: So what we're looking at uh we do have um about seven wide receivers right now it's kinda that are ready to go. Um, we have uh Nick McCollum, a sophomore. We still have Malachi Carter who's a this year. Um so that would definitely be helping there. Um we've got several red shirts. Um DJ e. Jenkins a red shirt senior, um Mike Rutherford uh, red shirt freshman. Uh, We've got Ryan Keeney who's a freshman, So we'll definitely have some areas there, um, and a little bit of depth there that, that would we'll be ready to go. So I'm definitely looking at Nautic Carter. Colati Norris, who's a junior, uh, probably where we'll, we'll definitely be focus.
0: Yeah, definitely so. And like I said, we mentioned the offensive line. I'm sure they've improved as well. Uh, I don't have the stack numbers in front of me or anything like that. But it seems like if the offensive line can hold, then maybe Jeff Sims can have a little bit of time to try to make some stuff happen. I know he can scramble a little bit. He seems to have some decent weapons, um, a lot of future engineers, it seems like. But uh, is is there anything that really stands out on this offense for you, or do you think it's going to be kind of all the, the cogs in the wheels here? I think it definitely, I mean, works.
1: Kind of what we've seen in the past. You know, we do definitely, like I said, spread it around. Uh, you did kind of touch on the offensive line. Uh the line is coming up. Um, they're all freshmen and sophomores um, for what we have ready to go. Some uh, there. but I think definitely. I mean, from I mean what I mean. I mean, Colin said. I mean, these guys are. I mean, they're ready to go. This is who we trust. I'm ready to go against Clemson. Um, so, I mean, I think it'll definitely, uh, it'll be good. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what we can do with it and how we're going to do it. Because, I mean, looking at his, kind um, of the chart he has, he's looking, um, he posts the offense as a, kind of a spread style offense, what we're looking at through this year. so. Okay. It'll be it'll be good. They've got
0: different options. So, it'll be a, a good year. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what this offense does because the ACC is a little more open than I think people give it credit for. I think things are going to spread out a little bit. But before we get into the defense, we're going to take a quick short break. We're going to tell you a little bit about our friends at BetOnline.net. And we will come back and talk about the defense and the opening game for the Yellow Jackets. We'll be right back after this. Hi, this is Jeremy the Impact York from Strong Style, Board Check, and That Sports Show. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline where the game starts. And we are back. It's up with the white and gold with, he is GT John Watts. I am Jeremy, the Impact York. We just talked about the offense. Uh, a little bit on the defense. Uh, it seems like this defense is probably going to be let, uh, left up to the leadership of Quez Jackson in as the, as the, as the linebacker core and up front as uh, Jordan Dominic. Uh, kind of, what do you know about those guys, and what else is around? Them?
1: Well, uh, I know you mentioned Clez. Uh Klads unfortunately did go pro um, in the off season, so uh, the last December he decided to go pro, so we won't really have
0: him around uh, to play. We're yeah, looking it'd be at. No, um, be nice if he could. But sorry. You know, it'd be nice if he could. If he could play a little pro and still come back and play a little college, sure. I mean that'd be great.
1: Yeah. It'd mean, be great to have him back. And he, only, he still has a couple of years of eligibility, but you know, what he wanted to do, and that's, that's their choice, though. I mean, we'll let him go. And
0: yeah.
1: We still have some returning uh, people. I mean, looking at um, Charlie Thomas, Yende, um, uh, usually they were you know, top four in the stats last year for tackles. Um, so we still have some, some there. We definitely have just still some depth of people who are ready to go. Um, we have, you know, just five linebackers. We've got Nichols, my safety, cornerbacks. So, I mean, it's fine. We definitely got uh, people there. So, but, I mean, I think we're kind of leaning, like I said, we'll lean on um, Charlie Thomas and a yeah, they, they are the seniors um, for this group. So, thank like, that's where we'll look at.
0: And yeah, I just realized that it, that I need to update my information because Dominic, who was your sack leader last year, is a Razorback. So apparently I messed that one up. <laughs>
1: yeah, a lot of stuff that was on the offseason. Like uh, I was saying, who uh, 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 we had last year, his dad, who used to coach uh, Alabama State until last year, um, is now one of our analysts. So we got a father
0: son kind of deal going there. And I just saw another defensive lineman is now a coastal Carolina. So we will talk about we'll talk about Kyle Kennard, who, who was the second biggest sack leader off the defensive line. He had a couple sacks. Uh he he uh has some pretty good stats. If they are gonna build a line around him with uh Yonjuin Okay. So he's still, yeah, Yonjuan's still there, too. That's good. I guess I'm saying his name right. And uh, is it is it Chimeta? I guess T.K. Chimeta. There we go. Yeah. It, it seems yeah. like that, that's going to anchor the front of the line. Uh, yeah. What yeah. do you think they could actually do this year? Do you think they can get some pressure? <laughs> You there, buddy. There we go. Hold on. It logged out of the show. Or oh. it, it logged the host out. We're still in. Th- this is the fun part of of weird internet connections and uh, and blog talk radio. So, okay, Are we we're back yet? We cool. let's. No, not, not whatever you're trying to do there. No. Stop doing that. There we go. All right. Let me, let me okay. So let me start by re- by re saying that question and then go from there. Okay. Um uh, as soon as I remember what the question was. Uh, oh. Do you uh about what you think those uh the the front is gonna do? Yeah,
1: go, I mean, go ahead So, go ahead. Yeah, I mean we have like I said we have Kennard back. Um he's a sophomore right? and Yajelan uh junior definitely uh good there. Uh Chimeta, I mean he's a red shirt. Um so I mean we'll definitely have there, we we'll have other other areas there. We we'll have um Josh Robinson Noah Collins who are both sophomores by like Kennard. Um a couple other guys for the defensive ends and then um have uh several other people coming I mean, uh, available for defensive tackle so I think uh, definitely gonna um, help on on defense. We're um, definitely gonna need it. Um defense gonna have to have a strong defense for the school like um, Clemson coming in off the bat. Pre uh, season ranked number four, so it's gonna be it be a battle, so we'll definitely need them to and, uh and strong.
0: Yeah, and I'm just seeing that last year they had thirty three total sacks, which I think was still better than the Atlanta Falcons. But uh thirty-three in college is uh is not gonna get it done, especially uh when you have people like Clemson and FSU and, and uh others in T State to worry about in the ACC. Um yeah, you know, it's
1: hurt losing people like Clez and uh Wanye. they have and you know, has hundred and two sacks tackles and Johnny had seven six last year from and those two of your top three guys. It's
0: so difficult. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I was trying to see if there was an oh, interceptions. They had ten. Wow. They they, they definitely need to up both of those numbers a little bit. Uh you, you could get by with forty sacks, but uh you, you need at least I would say at least twenty interceptions to uh do something in the A C C yeah, yeah, definitely, because
1: you have a couple schools that are going to be high pass, um, big, big schools, and of what we're kind of expecting that here in Clemson, Miami, you know, FSU, they're, they're big, big on passing, so, I mean, you're going some of these, be able
0: to work that on, get some of those in there to help. And, and then, we've got to talk about special teams. Uh, You talked about possibly some of those running backs could be uh, the returners and things like that. I know Brent, is it Camiglia? Camiglia? Yes. He is the the place kicker. Uh, Last season he was 73.3%, 11 for 15. His longest was 37. I think he could probably kick longer than that, but he only got 15 attempts at a field goal, which kind of tells you where the offense kind of lies, where it, it seemed to stall and he was just it was too far out for him to try some of these I think
1: yeah definitely
0: and that's probably why he's not on the chart um,
1: if he's still there. Um, I'm not sure where he's at but he's uh, Collins does not have him on the chart um, to be ready to go uh, place mm. senior with the Stewart
0: he's a sophomore and uh,
1: we had Jude Kelly the at Preston.
0: Wow, there you go. I say according to the ESPN app I'm looking at, he's still on the team, but uh, maybe he picked up an injury or uh, Collins just had enough. Yeah, um,
1: Collins is kind of a different kind of a person.
0: He doesn't believe in death charts.
1: Um, mm. So he basically says, are you ready to go or are you not ready to go? And what he calls you either above the line or you're not above the line. And conveniently, above the
0: line, the initials are APL. So that's wow. what we look at. But, Who's
1: yeah. ready to be able to play against Limbsid? If you're not on the chart, you're not playing.
0: I I guess I have found the chart. Because, yeah, you got Aiden Beer that you said, Jude Kelly, Gavin Stewart. yeah, they're all listed on here. I d I don't see uh Semiglia. Maybe maybe uh he decided to sell insurance or something. I'm not sure what's going on with that. But uh, it right. looks like David Shanahan is going to be your punter. He is a sophomore. Okay. Looks like a good kid. All right. What did he do You're last year? Ahead. He had 61 punts for almost, for over 2,500 yards, and uh, he netted about 36. So, that's those are solid numbers. I mean, for probably the most overworked person on the team last year, and that's not a dig at the team. That's that's just – he got a lot of work last year because uh, they were more in punting situations than they were kicking situations.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: He was the only
1: guy who punted last year. So, I mean, we definitely trusted to him to kind of keep it going forward. Um, I mean, we don't know if um, – I mean, like you said, he played all 12 games. But, uh, I mean, we kind of him there. i said, we do have a fresh freshman if needed, but Tannehill will probably definitely be the guy.
0: And he may uh, become one of my new favorite people on the team. He is from Castle Island, Ireland. <laughs> There's something. And, of course, as I like to do, people that follow me with Georgia State stuff know, I like to tell you the punters, the kickers, and i definitely like to tell you the long snappers. Looks like it's either going to be Cade Long or Henry Freer. This is probably the only Georgia Tech podcast, probably the only podcast in general unless they do one, that mentions Henry Freer and Cade Long. But um, they'll be about the same size. They'll be about the same weight and everything. Uh, Henry is a freshman. Oh, out of college park? Okay, that's not far down the road. Where is Cade from? Cade is a junior from Hickson, Tennessee. I think I've been there. Uh, Do you know anything about these guys, and uh, do you kind of agree with me that the long snapper kind of helps make the special teams work?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Kind of definitely someone I need there. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of them. They're both red shirts. So, not a whole lot of experience here um, in the game, but – there, the only two are ready to go, so someone's not about, be about right here. Um, but I mean, I think definitely whoever i the good, then Jeff, Jeff Collins Trust, and both of them will be ready to do this. So I think one or the other, and we'll be good. math um, is, I feel we will definitely need it. Just less <laughs> kicking and punting.
0: We definitely need. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I hope I hope the punter is not the the busiest guy on the team this year, but uh, I like this. I like the Steph Collins thing you're saying about you're either in or out. There is no gray area. There's like, well, he might be ready or it may not. It's like, no, you're either you're either on the bus or you're back. Are you back in the locker room?
1: Yep.
0: Now, of course, uh, their kickoff game is actually this coming Monday. It's Labor Day so as uh, after you guys eat some good food see some family and uh uh you know pay homage to to uh all the people that that uh make the world work for labor day uh it's it's part of the Chick-fil-A kickoff i'm not sure how in the world i will say that out loud how in the world georgia tech gets a feature monday night primetime game to start the season uh, I really don't, you could say it's because they're playing Clemson, but i they just got luck of the draw here. You're going to be the only game on, you're going to be on ESPN, and you're going to be facing the number four-ranked Clemson Tigers. I, I, there's not much of a bigger game you can start with.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot
0: of these schools, you know,
1: they like to start off easy, and it's just like, as far as they play, you came and ran over them. A lot of them do that, but I mean, you just got it scheduled. Like I said, I mean, it's, that puts you right in the spotlight. It's a Monday night. It's is it, ESPN playing wow. big school who is our interconference rival. Uh, so, yeah, it, it definitely puts you in the spotlight. It's a way to start the season. So, I mean, if you start out bad and look bad on so TV, so it's going to be rough season. Hopefully. Yeah, Hopefully and- it's not. Go ahead. Uh, I hope it's not bad. I mean, year to year, other than Clemson, it's, it could be either way. It could be close. It could be really, really, really not close.
0: And so just
1: hopefully we'll, we'll see what happens. And I want say, I hope they're ready to
0: go. It's what is the run. Chick-fil-A kickoff? There it is. The Chick-fil-A kickoff. Yeah, that game is going to be in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That's Wow, tickets as low as forty-eight bucks. So, if you are so inclined to to want to attend this game, guys, it's only forty-eight bucks for, I, I would imagine top top tickets. But that that could be lower bowl. That's that's not bad to to go see Clemson and Georgia Tech on a Monday night. Oh,
1: definitely not bad. I mean, for my regular season
0: tickets, aren't much lower than that. And I was just thinking that to sit in the upper bowl to see the Falcons play, it's like 48 bucks. So, And and that's on the low end. So, I mean, you know, you could go see the Falcons or you could go see Georgia Tech Clemson. I I, I kind of would favor this game, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I can't say much. I've never been to the NFL game, so we really know what to compare it to. But I would always rather. I mean, it's my alma mater, so yeah, it's, I'd rather go. I'd definitely see this. But definitely to kind of go back at some point. Yeah. I haven't seen a game since – I haven't seen a live game in was it 16 years now.
0: So. Yeah, I think I've actually been to a Georgia Tech game in the time you have. <laughs>
1: of course, yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's see. I, I It would have been – gosh, I went to Georgia at Georgia Tech maybe 10 years ago. That sounds right, something like that. But, you know, breezing over the schedule, looking at things like that, there there are winnable games. And if this team – I think this team can get right around six, seven wins or better. And, you know, before we get out of here, the main thing I brought up to you that, that you know, I, I think this, this is something we're going to do each week. And like I said, we're not really sugarcoating this, but I've thought about this all day long. I very much think – that there is a plan where Georgia Tech can win this game against Clemson. I think it's going to have a lot. Here's my take on it, at least. I think Clemson is not the fourth-best team in college. Now, are they probably a top 20, top 25? It's possible. But they are usually slow out of the gate. Trevor Lawrence stopped playing there a couple years ago. Uh, Lele, or however you want to say his name, I, I've heard it about a dozen different ways. I don't know that he can be a good college quarterback. He just he has a lot of fault. A couple of years ago, he didn't want to be mobile like like Trevor Lawrence was. He didn't want to uh, – like, after the first reads, he, he kind of got in a – it looked like a panicky mode. And they lost a lot of people to the draft, just like almost – you know, just like the Georgias, just like the Alabama do. They lose players whether they win or lose or not. And I just feel like that if Tech can – can be methodical and kind of, to put it in fighter terms, if they can dance around and just kind of pick their shots, I, I think Jeff Stems can, can find Malachi Carter up the sideline. I, I think, uh, you know, I think Quez Jackson and, and Jordan – or uh, Quez Jackson can can uh, keep the linebacking core spread out and pick their shots as well. And, and the way I think Georgia Tech can win this is by being – Safe, but picking your shots to be aggressive. What do you think?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think,
0: uh, first, uh, I need to correct you again. You the question, Jackson.
1: Uh, he's, uh, yeah, that's the yeah. no. <laughs> um But, yeah, I think we've got to definitely come into an understanding that, I mean, who we're playing against. Don't, don't get that above your head. Don't, like, think, oh, my God, we're playing this top, really top-tier team. even though you are, um, keep your mindset, don't make stupid mistakes, don't shoot yourself in the foot, as you say. Uh, There have been problems with that in years past. uh, Yeah, I mean, connect, keep in the game, keep ahead of the game. Like I said, there's definitely a chance there. I mean, it's always a, a chance there to do it. I mean, I and mean, then probably know, I mean Clemson may be coming in looking at us like, Oh, here's a three three and nine feet again. It'll be easy. Um, and we've tried to keep on the but that That's not always the case. Looking like you oh, know it's America miracle happy with when we beat part of the state. Uh so, that's kind of things. So, I, mean, I think there is a chance of,
0: like, to like keep our head in the game. Be all right. Yeah, I think if we could, if we could do the uh, the three keys to the game. I, I think to echo uh, what you said there too is uh, number one, limit the mistakes. You know, don't throw interceptions. Let's not you know hang on the ball. let uh, try to make good choices. Uh, number two, like you said, I, I think don't don't let the don't let the pedigree of the opponent dictate how you play like you said it should just be like hey we're playing against a good team we're a good team we, we should go in there and, and just go toe to toe with them. instead of going oh gosh and getting starstruck that this is the clemson tigers because they haven't had the world's best last 24 months either they've been a little down but uh and then third i think they should just go out there and, and have fun and remember that they're representing one of the more prestigious universities in in uh, not just the state, but but in the in the nation and in the world, people from all over the world come to Georgia Tech to further their education, and uh, a lot of them come from all across the world to play for this team. So you know they got to remember what it's like to be up with the white and gold.
1: I mean that's definitely the thing. I mean when you when you get on campus, the things they start out. I mean within the minutes of being on the campus, you're hearing the, the, the traditions, uh, the fight songs, the uh, Of course, you know the UGA Jays, but you know, (laughs) know, no. It's what it is. You're there. It's you can envelop in what it means to be up with the white and gold and down with the red and black.
0: Exactly. But uh, I think we gave everybody the keys to victory there. It's gonna be a fun game on Monday night. Depending on how things work out, maybe we uh, we watch the game and tweet along with it. Maybe we don't, we don't know yet. We don't know what the schedules are going to look like on Monday, but uh, right. uh, yeah, if so, we'll, we'll we'll let you guys know, of course. But uh, there, there you go. There's debut episode of Up with the White and Gold. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we're we're definitely going to continue to do things like this. Like I said, looking at the looking at the schedule, there's there's going to be some fun games coming up. I'm watching. I'm watching. Um, Pittsburgh play right now on television against West Virginia, and I, I would I would say that I would say Georgia Tech could hang with this Pitt team. I'm watching. Uh, that's good
1: because Pitt has shown up in the last couple of years. Uh, I mean, I was good that Pitt West Virginia. I thought was a, a good little battle there. So was exactly. Be, be good.
0: Well, any closing remarks? Anything you want to leave anybody with? No, I think uh, I'm just going to cover uh, everything. We're good to go.
1: Um, okay, it's going to be good. It's a good Monday night game kind of watch. And kinda see. <laughs> I know I don't have to work that day, so it's a good day to prepare for that game. Um,
0: let's see how the rest of our week going to go, uh, depending
1: know how that game goes.
0: Yeah, I, I just remembered uh, something we're both going to be doing right around that time, so that, that should be fun. We'll be uh, multitasking.
1: Yeah, go so
0: all over the place. Yep. But he's GT John Watts. Yes, that is his actual nickname. I'm not just calling that because it's the show. I'm Jeremy the Impact George. This has been the debut episode of Up with the White and Gold. Go Jackets. <laughs>